Reese, are you there? Jason, I'm here. I'm alive, ready to go. Uh, good to see you're alive for another week, mate. Um, haven't spoken since uh, since Wednesday night, mate, with Origin. Have you been walking around with a smile on your face, beating your chest out, or any New South Welshman you've come across? Such a good feeling when Queensland wins. Yeah. It is. Yep. I've got a couple of New South Welshmen that work for me, and uh, Beautiful. it's so good to see them. seeing them today, and they just walk the other way, so it's good. Are you uh, punishing them with like less hours, or maybe not even paying them this week, or what's what's what are you doing to them? More hours, less pay. <laughs> More hours, less pay. No, that works out pretty good. That's what they deserve. So, that's right. <laughs> now, nah, always a good week for Queenslanders after a victory, especially when it's in New South Wales, because we don't get too many of them. Um, mate, we've got a lot to get through with this week's podcast, so we're just going to jump straight into it. Uh, we've already briefly mentioned State of Origin, so we haven't done a bit of a review, so we'll speak about that for a few minutes. Um, mate, the Queenslanders, they played very, very well, uh, despite as well as they played, and they seemed like they put everything together in the second half. New South Wales still had a chance to tie the game basically in the last five, ten seconds of the game. It was a last-ditch effort to stop Isaiah Yao from going over the try line, but just kind of goes to show the Queenslanders kind of played really well, one through to 17, and uh, New South Wales did not play well, yet as origin goes, it sometimes comes down to the very last set of six. Yeah, it's typical origin, isn't it? It's... Uh fast paced the whole game, uh, skillful, great spectacle and like to come down to the last play, that's origin every year. So mm. I love it. It's an awesome game, eh? Yeah, it's it's definitely the best footy of the year. Um, with Queensland, uh, Cam Munster won man of the match. I thought it easily could have went to probably three or four other guys, although Daly Cherry Evans Captain Courageous, he was absolutely everywhere. Every time there was a loose ball, he pounced on it. There was a little chip kick that looked like it could have been in a space of danger. He made sure he cleaned up and was the man on the spot. Um, his kicking game was A+. He was just absolutely fantastic, I thought, just leading the boys around the park. Cam just came on as the game went along. So did Harry uh, Grant. Uh, the Melbourne Connection, I thought they were fantastic. Um, and out wide, Val Holmes. Uh Probably probably the greatest game I've ever seen Val Holmes play, to be honest. Um, your boy, Pat Carrigan. What a game for him. Patty. Well, just go back to Val. He played in his best position that he is a winger. We've got to get back to it that he's an actual winger. Like He yeah. got picked in the centre that he's been playing centre good for his club. But you go back to any good game Val's ever played, he's played on the wing. and mm. Just to show you, like he, he just competes on every play and he's a good, good winger to have in your team. Yeah. It's almost like they, um, for for the Cowboys this year, he basically got picked in centre for like because someone took his spot. I mean, they had two wingers, and you know they they were trying um, to hammer it at fullback at the start of the year. Then he got injured, and then Drinky came in and basically took that spot. So Val sort of went into the centres just because they kind of needed a centre. And now, as the season's gone on, he's he's basically a, an out and out centre now. Yeah, he just going really well, Bill. Billy. Uh his game plan obviously worked to what he had had in the troops there. And I guess the difference in the game was uh, the bench for Queensland. Mm, it was, yep. That was just a difference. So New South Wales, they just didn't have any punch off the bench. Like Ryan Madison, I think he's a lazy footballer at club land. And you can't do any of that in origin. Yeah. You do that for one second in origin, you're going to get found out. As much as they want to say Junior Fuller was held in the scrum, Ryan Madison wasn't. He was standing right behind Junior Fuller. So yep. if he can't get over there and cover, What's he even doing in the team, you know? 
Yeah, well, no. we mentioned that last week that Queensland's bench was probably going to be the key factor in the game. You looked at the two of them and New South Wales didn't – I mean, we didn't really know what the hell Stephen Crichton's role was going to be. Uh, Liam Martin and Ryan Madison, I don't think they really provided any punch at all. I don't think we noticed them on the field. And you have a look at Queensland, everyone who stepped in off the bench, they made an absolute impact. Harry Grant, I mean, he just was carving them up up the middle off quick play the balls in the second half. It just goes to show how good Queensland bench was with um – Josh Papali, he, he played yep. the first 15 minutes and probably the best 15 minutes I've seen him play as well. Like, he yeah. was every, every run he hit, every tackle he made, he was pushing them backwards. So, yep. he, him not to come back on until the last, what, seven, last five, seven minutes or something in the second half, like, that just shows how good the bench was for Queensland, mm. keeping him on the sideline. So, yep, exactly. I don't know. Pretty special team at the moment. Yep, they blooded some good young guys and they look like they stepped up to the challenge. Now, New South Wales, as we said, they didn't play very well yet. They only lost the game by one try and had a chance to tie it up right at the end there uh, in the last couple of seconds. So uh, as bad as they played, they still, you know, made it a close game in the end. Um, I thought for them, James Tedesco, just he's probably the guy I hate watching the most as a Queenslander because every time he gets the ball, it just looks like he's going to break six tackles and probably make a 50-metre run. Like, he's just absolutely elusive every time he plays for New South Wales. So... Yeah, I kind of uh, I kind of stopped breathing for a few seconds every time Teddy catches the ball, but um, they managed to contain him, sort of. Cleary and Cook, I thought they were absolutely quiet uh, right until the last probably five, ten minutes of the game. I, I don't even know what they did in those first 70 minutes of the game, but it didn't look well, like Cleary, that. Well, Cleary just got rattled because Queensland was so fast. Every, everything part of the game was fast, the defence, the attack, yep. everything, and then Cleary just couldn't think. It's not like club land where you get a little bit extra time. Yeah, yeah. Like, you got to... Their forwards didn't dominate at all, and I think Queensland, they just played the better game. Yeah, they did. I mean, Jerome Luai, I thought, did a few good things. Every time he got the ball out wide too off, he sort of looked like he was going to cause some havoc out wide. Um, Jack White absolutely gave Dane Gagai a bath. He was just carving him up all night long. I thought, you know, Jack White and being a bit of a... I know he's played a bit of centre in the past at New South Wales, but, you know, I thought that was probably the one clear sort of winner of the night when you're looking at the matchups was uh, Jack White, and I thought he was outstanding for New South Wales. Um, like I said, the selection of Crichton, I'm not really sure what the hell his even involvement was with it. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really know where they go with Game 2 with some of those bench selections. Well, I'm happy if they keep the same team, put it that way. If they <laughs> if they look at it even like... Oh, if they look at bringing Latrell in, I'd be scared. I'd be yeah. scared for Queensland. Like, if they keep Stephen Crichton there or another centre, they might go a different way because Tony Stagg might be playing the spot. I'm not sure, but yep. I'd be happy with either one of those. If they put Latrell in there, it's just standing across from Latrell Mitchell on the opposite team, you know something's going to happen that you just... Well, the word, no the word, can do. The word came through today, Latrell's been ruled out this week, and... He's basically ruled himself out for Origin Game 2 as well. So he's definitely not going to be there next week. Now, it looked like to me, they said Staggs picked up a bit of a shoulder injury and he didn't obviously play last weekend. But um, if you ask me, I think he probably got the hook. I mean, he was not having a very good game at all. And Val was kind of making him look stupid, that which probably didn't help his yeah, cause as well. So. That's, a bit of, that's a bit of Katoni. He needs a bit more comp- uh, confidence before he plays good. Mm. It's a big step up from or, from NRL to Origin, and I think if he plays for game two, he'll be a lot better for the run. Yep. Um, I'd love New South Wales to bring in six, seven, eight changes and do what they normally do, but I think Jake Trevojevic will do enough to be game one of those spots. And well, that's what I was going to ask you. Do, where, what, what, what changes do you see? If you reckon there's three definite changes, where do you reckon they'll be? For New South Wales, I think they have probably two changes that I'd make. 
I'd, I'd bring Jack Spojevic in, and I'd also bring Josh Adokar in. Yeah, right. Well, he did um, have a good game yesterday. Yeah, not even that. Like, I, I just think he's been pretty good in Origin, and I thought he was unlucky to lose his spot to Daniel Tupac. He's gone to a shit club at the Bulldogs, and mm. that's, it's sort of he's taken the money and probably could have stayed at Melbourne, been on winning form and scored 30 tries this year. I don't know, but he's still a good player. Scored three tries on the weekend against Harris. So, yeah. Um, I think him and Jake Vujovic would be big, big ends for New South Wales, but I don't know what Freddie's going to do. So, I hope he keeps the same team. Uh, just with the two coaches, um, Freddie, he had a little bit to complain about afterwards. Didn't like the slow play the balls, and uh, apparently the ref, uh, the referee kept his uh, whistle in his pocket, um, even though it seemed to me that the Blues were getting probably the rub of the green when it came to the slow play the balls. I thought Queensland couldn't get one in the in the first half, and they were just New South Wales was laying all over down the ruck. But obviously Freddie forgets uh, the first half of these games. Um, both their yeah, tries. Well, like I said, yeah. Just before we move on, like I said last week, the best thing I like about Origin, the ref leaves his whistle in the pocket. Yeah, exactly. And look how good the game was. Like, yeah. they had that little little meters per second gauge up, and I think it got up to like 120 meters per second during, or meters per minute during the game. And yeah, yeah, the, the average NRL is at 80, 85. So I'm trying my best not like, to make it sound like a biased Queenslander, but that was the best Origin game I've seen in five, six, seven years. Like the game just was well, the pace and everything, the skill level. I just thought it was, it had everything. A lot of New South Wales fans thought the same thing. Like, even talking tonight there with a couple of fellas at work that I haven't seen for a bit, but they said it was one of the best origins they've seen. And even though New South Wales lost, yeah. it was still a good game. Yeah, that's right. Freddie and a lot of the Blues supporters crying about, you know, basically the Junior Paulo decision in the scrum. They don't want to look at the fact that, you know, Tarek Sims and, and James Tedesco completely flew, were running towards the corner and just left the gap wide open there for DC. I mean, when you have a look at the replay, New South Wales actually have. Uh, I think five defenders to the four Queensland attackers. So I mean, they they had one man extra in defence, and they're crying about a front rower not releasing quick enough in the in the in the scrum. So yeah, I'm plus, not. I'm plus not Ryan really... Madison was standing behind Junior Fallows, so yeah, like yeah. If he's not going to make that effort either. Well, that's but, exactly right. I don't but... know too many. If they want to worry about little Junior Fallows getting held in by one finger in the scrum, they got to check him. Yeah. If he can't break that scrum, holy, he can't make the origin team next week. Yeah, exactly. And I don't like all these players sort of giving up on plays just to try and milk a penalty. Like, it's it's a load of shit, really. I mean, you can do that shit at Clubland, but not in State of Origin. Like, you got to man up. Like, you got to know that the referee really does not want to blow his whistle. It's been like that since the beginning of time. They're not going to blow penalties unless it's absolutely obvious. And, I mean, you just got to play the game. you just got to keep playing until that whistle blows. So, I think some of the New South Wales guys yeah. probably uh, forgot that golden rule of origin that, you know, the referee does not want to blow it unless it's a blatantly obvious penalty. And, um, yeah, there was a little bit of crying and milking going on behind the scenes. But, like I said, as bad as they played and as much as they think that the referees were against them, um, it still came down to the wire. So, that's the the beauty of Origin games, I think. I can't wait for game two. I'm hoping for a whitewash this year. <laughs> I doubt that, mate. Um, and before we finish up, Billy Slater, coaching debut. I mean, I thought he had the guys really well prepared. He's got Jonathan Thurston and Cam Smith there next to him as well. So three pretty good uh, heads that have been done that in Origin land. Um, he spoke about how these guys are already his family and uh, he felt like that he was getting ready to play beforehand. He wasn't too sure how to uh, sort of take the pregame nerves. Um, but I just thought the debutants that they picked, all four of them were absolutely amazing. Um, and one guy we haven't spoken about, Ruben Cotter. I mean, you know, if you are going to have another son, Reese, are you going to name him Ruben? Luckily, I'm not having another son. <laughs> That's not what's happening. But it could be a possibility. 
used to me. Uh, no, nah, he was awesome. He was awesome too. Like, like Billy said after the game, like we should be talking about Ruben Cotter, but we just expect that from him because he's been doing it every weekend, week out for the Cowboys. So, yep. But he, him playing eighty minutes on an Origin debut and just racking up tackles and taking runs that were actually like, look how close he got to scoring a try. And the whole neighbourhood knew he was running the ball when he was in my house. So, yeah, I nearly got him to the line. I think just by me yelling. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, he's playing very, very well. I'm um, looking forward to him ripping it again in the next game. So, uh, mate, we'll move on from State of Rodrum. Like I said, we've got a fair bit to go through in this week's podcast. Um, Humi's hero. Now, do you have Humi there with you, or is he still too scared to come on the microphone? Humi's uh, he's attending other things at the moment. He is here. He is in the room next door, but he just couldn't get on tonight. He's held up, I think. I'm not sure why, but... Oh, did he uh, get good Wi-Fi reception or something and he's uh, turned all the lights off on his phone? I'm not sure what he's up to in there, but <laughs> I've got his hero. He's, he's mailed it in, mailed it in, poked it under the door and I've got it here for you. Yep. Well, it is it is cold where you are, mate, so he's probably just trying to keep warm, which um, whatever way males keep warm when they're in a bedroom by themselves. It is freezing. <laughs> What's Humi's heroes for this week, mate? Patrick Carrigan. Oh, okay. Stellar performance. Bronco getting picked in his debut origin. Played the big minutes. His first minute was as good as his last minute. And I know you've had a bit of a rag on Patrick Carrigan over the last couple of weeks, but you can't deny that he was one of the best players the other night and in line for a man of the match. He was very, very good. Um, but in all honesty, there was probably about eight Queensland guys who uh, were in line for Man of the Match. I thought they all played brilliant. I mean, the only one I thought that didn't actually play a good game was Dane Gay guy. I thought he just absolutely... Yeah, I, he could, I thought that, he, 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 couldn't, couldn't he, he, he couldn't contain Jack White. And I mean, both New South Wales tries, not only did they come off the back of penalties and six against both their tries, but and they almost scored a third try right at the end of the game, which also came off a, a bogus penalty, which still no one knows to this day what the hell that penalty was for. Apparently a player was taken out, yet no one was when I've watched the replay twice. Um, but, uh, yeah, both the tries came down his side, and you watch the replays, and he just made bad, bad reads in defence. He just didn't know who to take. He didn't come up of his line. He sort of stood on his heels, and when you're defending near your try line, that's the absolute worst thing to do is not know who, you, who you're guarding, not taking any player out, and you just sort of stand him back on your heels waiting for guys to run at you so yeah bad reads by Dane I thought hopefully he comes back I don't with a better think game it, I don't think he was that bad I don't think he was that bad but we're still on Humi's hero I haven't finished that yet yeah yeah let's go come on yeah so Patrick Carrigan played big minutes in origin I think 60 something minutes and uh, also in life the man of the match had a hell of a lot of runs and just poked his poked his nose through the defensive line a number of times made a quick break as soon as he came on the field and I think he just changed the chance again keep pressing your buttons but then he backs up and kills it for the Broncos. You can you can see his game against the Broncos. Cut yes, shit. He had a you very, see his game he had a very very good week, mate. Like it's just it's that that's enough. Yeah. Right? That's enough Bronco talk because we're going to talk about the Broncos later. You're probably going to talk about them for 18 minutes about how they're going to win the premiership this year and. Uh, I've just had enough of your Bronco shit at the moment. So, uh, but if you want a good four minutes, if you want a good four minutes, watch Benji the other. I was on the other night. I don't normally watch Benji on Fox Sports, but Pat Carragher was mic'd up. Benji, very good. Benji, is that show still on? They haven't cancelled it yet. It will be cancelled, but just watch the Pat Carragher <laughs> thing the other night. It was good. I can't believe that shit is still on. I thought that for sure that would have got cancelled after three weeks. Seven twenty will make a 
make it on there soon. Yeah, we'll 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 we'll, we'll take that spot that Benji leaves uh, next season. Um, all right, yeah, Paddy Carrigan, Humis Hero, blah blah blah. Anyway, uh, mate, what's the matter, Parramatta? They can go out and beat a team like Penrith, and then they can lose to the Dogs by thirty points on a Monday. They are the most Jekyll and Hyde team I have seen in a long time, like for years. Like I can't believe they can just put on a great performance against good teams and then just put up absolute shit against the worst team in the league. Um, I don't think the Dogs have scored 34 points in the last 10 games combined, yet they managed to score 34 against the Eels. Uh, What percentage do you give Parramatta to win the title this season? Well, they've got some questions they just can't answer at the moment, don't they, Parramatta? Mm. They they just get in front of the game and go, we're going to win this weekend, don't need to play. And they just don't turn up. They did it against the Cowboys a few weeks ago, then the Bulldogs. Admittedly, the Cowboys are playing a lot better football than the Bulldogs, but they just expect to win games, and they just don't. They played the Cowboys in the form. Who knows what can happen with the Bulldogs now? They can go on a run, probably put the knife at the bottom of the table. But I've got them sitting less than a 30% chance. They've still got a good team. Wait. They just can't get there. You give them a 30% chance of winning the title this year? Less than 30. Well, give me a number. Oh, 22.5%. 22. Jesus. I'll give you a number. I'll give you a number. It's less than one. There is less than 1% chance Parramatta win the title this year. They could go on a run. They've had that same team for a few years now. They've had the same coach for a few years now. They've got a very talented team. There's just there's just something missing. They, they don't, I don't think... I think they lack a real leader. I mean, Gutho's meant to be the captain, yet seems like Moses and Dylan Brown over really more time and he cracks the shits and puts his hair in a ponytail again and just sort of broods to the corner. Uh, I don't... I don't think that team has a clear-cut leader and I just think at times they just want to do what they want and when they get the shits with each other, they sort of just put up performance like they did against the Bulldogs. Uh, I don't think Parramatta has any chance of even contending for a title this year. Like I said, they've got, they've got the team on paper you know, to compete with the top teams and when they do put it together, they can beat the Penrith's and the Melbournes. But, you know, they got absolutely blown out by the Dogs. The Cows absolutely baffed them by 30 up in Darwin. Um, I just, yeah, I, I, to me, it's less than 1% chance. That's the thing, but they've, they've beaten Melbourne, they've beaten Penrith uh, this year. Mm. That's, that they can do it. They just think these easy games are you just can't, come you, in there. You can't away. lose to the I mean, if they lost to the Dogs 14-10, okay, right, yeah, you had a bad game. They lost by 30, mate, to the Dogs. Yeah, I know that. But what I'm saying is this might be the wake-up call they, they need or they're just going to go, oh, well, season's done. We'll throw it in now. Mate, even the Knights beat the Dogs. We were at that game. That was probably the worst game of the last 15 years in the NRL, and even they managed to beat the Dogs. <laughs> yeah, well, the Knights will be a spoon bowl this year. <sighs> anyway, that's probably why I'm pissed off the most. It's actually because uh, <laughs> they're only one loss off the bottom of the ladder now. Uh, I had to quickly check to see if they were the bottom. <laughs> no, no, yeah, it's um, unfortunately the Titans. So, uh, yeah, two Queensland teams doing well, but... Uh, like the great philosopher Meatloaf said, two out of three ain't bad. Uh, mate, before we get into round 15 preview, I've got one other tidbit to mention. Uh, a Frenchman is looking to set the world record for bungee jumps in a 24-hour period. Apparently, the record is currently held by a Kiwi who did it off the Auckland Harbour Bridge back in 2017, and he managed to bungee jump off it 430 times in 24 hours. So on that question, Zilly, how are you with heights? What a waste of a day. I don't see him not bungee jumping any, anywhere off anything. The rope wouldn't be rated enough to hold me for one. <laughs> and I'm not te- I'm not jumping off just to test the rope. Well, you put you can do that with a truck or a car or something like that. I'm not jumping off something to test it. 
Oh, mate, you could put two bungees. You could put uh, a bungee on each foot. Actually, all that would be bad, wouldn't it? What if they ripped you apart? I'm not doing it. <laughs> mate, I don't know how I'm you actually- do it. I mean, I, I get vertigo these days. Like, that's how bad I'm travelling. Like, as you get older, all these little things happen to your body and your brain. And, uh, yeah, mate, I go up like a, you know, 30, 40-storey uh, elevator too quickly, mate. I, I get up and I've got to sit down for five minutes because I'm a little bit lightheaded and dizzy. So... <laughs> Mate, bungee jumping 430 times. When I read that news today, I actually got like a little dizzy and I thought I got like a little early onset vertigo for about a minute or two. I was like, holy shit, I couldn't imagine going up and down 430 times in 24 hours. I think that sounds like a nightmare to me. I have actually bungee swung before. So at uh, Wet and Wild, we've got the bungee swing there. My mum said to me, well, there, I was probably 20, 21. Bit stupid. Mum was there. The rest of the family, she said, oh, if you go on it, I'll go on it. And I was like, oh, mum won't go on this. So I said, yeah, I'll do it. And then she bloody did it. So we both had to go on it. And it was shit. I was shitting myself the whole time. Yeah, that's a great story. Um, yeah, no, heights are literally my worst nightmare. I hate heights. I'm guessing the equivalent to you of your worst nightmare would be rocking up to Macca's and they had no food. Oh, that's happened before. They ran out of chicken. Yeah, well, no, they shut. They'll get there at 11 o'clock and they shut. Oh. 10.30. Do you reckon you could get a soft serve cone after midnight? From experience, I can tell you, no. Nah, come on. That's, a load, no of, that's a load of shit, mate. You can get soft serve cones. After, you can get Sundays after midnight. Yep, we can check all 16 Maccas in Townsville and they'll all have the same answer. No. <laughs> I think we almost did check all 16 of them one night, didn't we? Yeah, we did. <laughs> all right, mate, let's get into the round 15 preview. This weekend's kickoff Thursday night, 7.50. We're on the short, short turnaround this week, Reese. We had a, a Monday game, and now we've got a Thursday night game. So only two days without footy this week, and uh, today's one of them. Uh, down in Wollongong, the St. George Illawarra Dragons hosting the South Sydney Rabbitohs. The Dragons are right there. They're in contention with the top eight. Um, the Rabbitohs are teetering on the edge of the eight as well. Um, who have you got in this one? The Rabbits are just doing enough at the moment. They're winning tight games, and they're, they're just sticking in there. The Dragons, on the other hand, they look like they can't get it together. I was at the game with the Dragons Cowboys last Friday night and Dragons would keep making breaks, but they just couldn't finish them. Mm. They just look so disjointed in attack. So, I don't know, it's in Wollongong. I'd, I'd like to say the Dragons will win this game and um, I'm going to go with the Dragons just because it's at home, but not because I'm confident. Yeah, this is this is one of those weird games. Like, it really is a game like who shows up off the bus the better team. The Dragons tend to usually play a little bit better in front of their home crowd down in Wollongong, so I'll, I'll agree with you there. I'll say the Dragons. Now, you look at the, the team lineup. They've, they've got a pretty solid NRL team, the Dragons. Um, if if you reckon they could buy, buy one player out of any player in the NRL to help them be a better winning team, who do you reckon? What do you need? What position player do they need? Do they need a Tedesco at fullback, or, or do they maybe need to get... They need, they need Peter Munster. Every team needs Cam Munster. If you can have Cam Munster in every team, they'll be everyone be tied on the same point. Do you have Cam Munster tattooed on your nuts? Like you must. I might get it. Yeah, yeah, right. Now. All right. Well, we'll just move away from that one. That's um. So we both got the Dragons, basically. Yeah. What I do like that the Rabbits have got is Blake Taft back in their team. All right. Him missing out is a is a bloody conspiracy. He's a great player. All right. That's enough. Uh, Six p.m. on Friday night. Interesting game. Manly at Four Points Park in Sydney, hosting the North Queensland Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys absolutely flying high this season. They've uh, had quite, I think they had six people in total uh, involved in the Queensland Origin team. Manly, I mean, 
They've been doing okay without Turbo this year. Um, it's going to be hard for them to win these types of games against another top eight team. Reese, how do you see this one going? I'm going to go to the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. Their footy at the moment is just is actually exciting to watch, and that hurts me to say that. I bought season tickets to just watch them lose, but yeah, it sounded so like you I'm hesitated actually, before you started that. It, it it hurts you to admit that they're actually maybe a contending team this year. Well, they're just playing good football. Like it's simple, but it's fast paced, and they're just moving teams from side to side. It's just yep. it's actually what I like to see at footy, and they're scoring a lot of tries as well. So yep. I do like the tight battles, but sometimes the Cowboys brand of football at the moment is just good. It is. They, they, they. You've got it on the net on the head there. Like the thing with Penrith and Melbourne. Not only are they star-studded teams and have a lot of talent all across the park, but they play a real attractive brand of football. And I've got to say that the Cowboys have sort of been up there with that this year. They, they do make a lot of breaks. They throw the ball around side to side. They do make good meters up the middle. They sort of are a bit of a complete team, and they've got some guys with some good X factor in there. So. Uh, and just weirdly, the chemistry, the chemistry between the halves and the hooker and the fullback and the forwards are all rolling the sleeves up. It's, they're a fun team to watch. And I'm sure you with your season tickets and all the other, you know, one tooth cowboy supporters up in Townsville, uh, the games are pretty fun to go to at the moment. Yeah, no, it's good, good atmosphere too. The only one thing that come out of last week's game that I was pretty bummed about is actually here with Lucy's mm. out the season. I've, I've enjoyed watching him play this year and yep. I think he's a really good football player. So a bit bummed that he's. Yeah, Cowboys probably make a good run for it this year too, so it'd be a pretty crappy season to miss out on. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, easy Cowboys win there. Are we going 13 plus or 1 to 12? Oh, I think it'll still be tight. I'd say the 1 to 12. I think the Eagles are they're still contenders to make the 8 this year, but bottom of the 8. All right. I'll put my bias Cowboys cap on, I reckon, 13 plus. I think they'll. Uh, I think that might give Manly a bit of a flogging this weekend. The other big blockbuster on Friday night, 7.55, Amy Park in Melbourne. The Broncos' absolute kryptonite, the Melbourne Storm. I don't think you guys have beaten the Storm in about 22 years. How do you see your boys going this weekend, Reese? And I'll put a 60-second shot clock on you for this one. Right, my notes say I can't wait, but I'm still nervous for this game. The injuries that have just hit the Broncos in the last game, massive outs like Herbie Farnworth, Corey Pake, Adam Reynolds and Payne Haas. Even though he's reckoned he's playing this week, I don't know if he will. That's just killed us. I was hoping the Broncos could stay fit, even though they still got the win last week against the Raiders when the Raiders were flying home and the Broncos just held on. That was one of the gustiest win I've seen them have in recent history of the Broncos. So I don't know how many people were spoken to this week, just saying Broncos supporters, obviously. And they're just saying how good that win was last week. So yeah. if they can take a bit of that flight down to Melbourne, might be in for a bit of a game, but. Ryan Pappenhausen's coming back in. Anything's Ryan Pappenhausen. Yeah, well, I was about to say that. Look, You're in I, trouble. I don't think I need to give a tip for this game. I'm just going to say a couple of things. The Broncos' halves this weekend are Ezra Mam and Tyrone Roberts, and your starting hooker is Billy Walters, and you're playing against the Storm in Melbourne. Um, you keep bagging Billy Walters, but Billy Walters still putting out the numbers every week. He's up there with any other hooker in the game. He's played, come on last week at halfback, steered him through the wing. Mm. And you keep bagging. I don't know what else he has to do. He's a solid first-grade footballer. He just needs to actually be a first-grade footballer. That's what he needs to do to get people like me bagging. Mate, he's got the Broncos jersey on. What do you got on? <laughs> Cowboys jersey, mate. Um, Ryan Pappenhausen, as you said, he is in. He's numbered 21 this week, so he hasn't been named in the starting 13 or the 17. What yeah, do you reckon? What, what, percentage, what percentage do you reckon he is of playing this week, mate? 98. Ninety-eight percent, and uh, why, why would they? 
they're not rushing him back, but why would they put him on, even on the reserves? Well, I mean, the Broncos game would be a key game for them. I mean, Broncos are in fourth, Melbourne's in second. So, I mean, it, it's a key game, which is probably why they named him. I've got a funny feeling if the outs are confirmed for the for the Broncos, like no Reynolds, no Pakes, no Herbie Farmworth, I, I think Bellamy's going to look at this game and go, maybe we don't really need Pappy for this one and maybe we'll just give him another week to get ready. Yeah, I know. The Broncos, like I still think the Broncos back is better than... Like at the moment, the Bronx backs are better than the um, Storm. Hang Obviously, on, hang on, hang on. Where's, the hard part. That's not the one I want. That's not the one I want. That's the one I want. Sorry, can you just say that again? I, I might not have heard that properly. One to five Broncos lining up against Melbourne at the moment in the thing are better than Melbourne. <laughs> that's, that's legit. Like you just, if you follow football, you'd think that. Obviously, the hub. Cameron Munster, Jerome Hughes, they're about 30 light years ahead of Ezra Man and Tyron Roberts. Like Tyron Roberts, I thought he was retired 40 years ago. <laughs> and then the Fords, still got your Fords there, so it's still a tough battle there. There's still origin players in the Broncos Fords. And no, you're right, it is a tough like, battle. Harry, Harry Grant versus Billy Walters, that's, that's, that's even. I'm getting to that. <laughs> There's three players there for Storm <laughs> that are just light years ahead of any other player in the Broncos team. That's where the difference is. All right, what's your tip? What's your tip? Come on. I'm going to the Broncos. I'm not one. Of, I'm not a. I'm not a turncoat like you. Where, where are we in our tipping? I must be like 18 ahead of you by now. We haven't kept count of this in a while. Are you still? I'm go- winning by four. Are you going to still? Oh my! I thought you were going to say you're up by two still because I was up by two like the first four weeks and we haven't done it since. Yeah, I'm winning by four. You've tipped <laughs> against the Broncos every single week. Broncos have won seven weeks in a row. I'm winning. All right, we're done with this conversation. Uh, Storm 13 plus for me. 3 p.m. Saturday at Coffs Harbour. The Cronulla Sharks are hosting the now bottom of the ladder Gold Coast Titans. Bit of a fall from grace from making the finals last year and almost beating the Roosters in the first round of the finals. What the hell's going on with this Titans team? Should they be relegated to Q Cup? Well, all I can see from the bottom of the ladder, I'm looking at um, a couple of teams there on the bottom of the ladder, and you support both of them, a couple of them. So what I'll say to the Titans is drop you as a supporter, and they might go back up the ladder. Anyway, you got anything about this game? Yeah, Sharks win 13 plus. Okay, beautiful, sweet. We can move on. Uh, <laughs> 5.30pm on Saturday at Morton Daly Stadium, up in beautiful sunny Redcliffe. Never rains up in Redcliffe. The New Zealand Warriors hosting... The Penrith Panthers. Um, can we just say Panthers will win 13 plus and move on from this one? Yeah. Beautiful. 730. Yeah, they're too good. 735 at Combank Stadium in Sydney. Parramatta Eels hosting the Sydney Roosters. Now, this is a game worth talking about. Parramatta on Monday, absolutely blown off the park by the shithouse Bulldogs. Let them score 34 points. They looked absolutely miserable. Um, now, they've named the team. They doesn't look like that they've really dropped anyone worth mentioning. So Brad Arthur believes in his troops to sort of turn it around. Um, the Roosters, they're going through the motions and looking like the normal Roosters team of late. How do you see this one going, Zilly? Well, like I said, Parramatta, they've beaten the top two teams this year. And these are the games that Parramatta get up for. Like the Roosters, they're, they're a big game, so... So, know, so is this an ambush? Are they, are they ambushing the Roosters by losing to the Dogs by 30 points on the Monday? Well, that's what Parramatta do. I just don't know why they can't do it against like the crappy teams. Mm. Start winning by 60. Like I don't know what they're doing, but I think this will be a close game, and I think Parramatta will win. They'll bounce back. 
I got Roosters 1-12. to um, I think James Tedesco is in probably some of his best form of his career. He had a real quiet sort of five, six weeks to start the season, but in the last month or so, just ever since, I guess, you know, Origin sort of started to get talked about, um, James Tedesco, he's just back to his brilliant ways. He's going back to being one of the five, six best players in the world again, and uh, I think on the back of Tedesco, Kiri and Walker seem like they've, they're starting to play a lot more consistently these days. Um, they've still got a very good forward pack, pretty much an all-rep forward pack almost. Um, yeah, I see I see I'm changing my tip. Off. Oh, have I convinced you, have I? No, you haven't. Nothing you said convinced me, but I just um, remember Joseph Tuala will probably get picked this week for New South Wales, so he'll probably score two tries, and Joseph Marno will probably help him out a fair bit with that. <laughs> Joseph Marno is probably still one of my favourite players this He's year. He's a very, very good player. How um, how someone hasn't thrown $1.2 million a year at him, oh, maybe he is getting that at the Roosters, but he's only on the cap for five hundred. but... Yeah, he's a very, very good football player. Oh, man, I love watching him play. I think he's, yeah, anyway, we'll move on from him. Yep. Um, 2 p.m. on Sunday, GIO Stadium. It'll be a cold one. The Canberra Raiders hosting the Newcastle Knights. The Canberra Raiders are a team who've weirdly turned it around. They look like they're absolutely busted looking at the wooden spoon this season. And then all of a sudden at Magic Round, something just clicked and these guys have played really good footy ever since. I thought they were a little bit unlucky uh, not to win against the Broncos last week. They did enough to be up at halftime. It was a pretty entertaining first half I saw um, in Brisbane, but they just couldn't really get anything going in the second half. Um, The Knights, yeah. Uh, How do you see this one going, mate? Sorry, was there another football game on? <laughs> just leave the comedy to me, mate. Um, um, yeah, come on. Just just give it 30 seconds. Like, I don't really want to talk about... No, nah, Raiders win it. this for sure. Um, yep. down, there in, down there in Canberra. Uh, actually, one point I will make is Xavier Savage. He made a few errors against the Broncos the other night, but he scared, scared us a hell of a lot. I think he's... Um, He's a rocks or diamonds player. Like he's he's got absolutely yeah, he's brilliance in him at times, but yeah, he will just drop an absolute simple ball at times as well. But yeah, he's young, and you can definitely see in like three years' time, he's got a he's got a lot of Ben Barber about him. I thought he's a good player to watch. So I'll see what he goes next year. But uh, yeah, Raiders win that against the Knights. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know what the hell the Knights are doing. I did not watch the game against Penrith on the weekend. I um. Save myself from that debacle. Uh, they I, made a couple of line breaks. Did they? Did they? Did they score any points? Nah. Yeah. Um, moving along, we will go to four p.m. at Combank Stadium in Sydney. The Bulldogs coming off easily their best performance for probably the last sixteen years up against the West Tigers. Um, can the Bulldogs back it up? Can they go back-to-back wins and, and get one over the Tigers? Now the Tigers got them earlier in the season, so there could be another revenge factor for the doggies here, but. Do they carry that form into this weekend, Reese? Two coachless teams split the points and go home. A draw. That actually probably wouldn't be a bad result. I think it could be a draw. I mean, you know, they are going to be on a bit of a shortish turnaround after having a Monday game. Actually, you might be onto something there. Maybe we should put money on the draw. This could be this could be the first draw of the season. I actually think West Tigers win this game. Really? Why? Yeah, yeah. Well, the Bulldogs have had one win now, so they're on a bit of a high. They'll probably go back and get a little shell. Tigers got Adam Dewey back on the bench this week. So I reckon he's a game changer. He come on halfway through the first half or something, just slot in, maybe in the lock or, I don't know, just roam around that middle area, come on as an extra middle forward playmaker. I reckon he'll be the difference on the weekend. So I reckon the Tigers will win that. 
you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say this is the game that unlocked the doggies a little bit. They'll be in full spirits all week long. They're going to be feeling good about themselves. Hopefully, the few of the boys got a leg over last night. I'm going to say they back it up and they get another win against the Tigers next week. Now, next week's podcast, we're going to do our mid-season review. We're going to go back to what our tips were at the start of the season and our under-over wins and see just how accurate we're going, Reese. But um, just having a quick look at the ladder before we wrap up this week's podcast. Uh, outside the eight at the moment, in order, is Manly, Dragons, Raiders, Knights, Tigers, Warriors, Dogs, and Titans. Who can make the eight out of those bottom eight teams? The sea Eagles, Raiders. They're the only two? I think so. Yeah, you're probably right there. Um, from the Knights down, it's pretty dreadful. And, I mean, their stats don't look very good. All those teams are a negative 100-plus. Uh, in that category. Um, Manly, I don't know. I just think Turbo is just going to be too hard for them to overcome. The Dragons, I could see the Dragons, depending on their draw, if they get a few games against the bottom eight, they could probably sneak up there. But, I mean, you have a look at the top eight. Penrith, Storm, Cowboys, Broncos, Sharks, Eels, Rabbitohs, Roosters. It kind of feels like that should be the top eight. I, I think I think I'm half similar to you. I think Raiders, they just look like they've turned the corner in the last month or so. Um, they're a team that could probably put things together and maybe make a bit of a late-season run. And now that we're getting into the cold months, a few home games at Canberra will be their advantage as well. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how the Raiders go on the second half of this season. And you think a lot of those top eight teams, you know, teams like Penrith and the Storm and the Cowboys and the Broncos, they've got a lot of guys in the rep season. So, you know, a lot of those teams are probably going to get a bit of fatigue and maybe lose some games in the back end of the season that they probably shouldn't. So... Um, yeah, I'll say the Raiders probably are the team for me that could probably jump into the eight, but the rest of it looks pretty settled, if you ask me. Yeah, oh, I think I agree with you. Fantastic input, as always. So, like I said, next week's podcast will do a mid-season review. Uh, the Origin team selections will be out, as next weekend is rep round, and State of Origin's on a Sunday night, so we'll be doing our Origin preview. We'll do a rep round preview. That's basically going to be it for us, Reese. Uh, make sure everyone out there listens to this. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on all the platforms. Uh, follow us on our Facebook and our Instagram page. And also, you can send us an email and we can uh, answer it on the podcast, nrl720podcast at gmail.com. That's going to do it for NRL 720 podcast this weekend. Reese. Make sure you go and cuddle Humi and keep warm down there in Mara. I will, mate. I'll make sure he's all right. All right. Look after his dog for him. We will talk to everyone next week. Enjoy the footy this weekend. Have a good one. Yeah.